Welcome to Race is Race, a podcast on a British East Asian experience on all things Asian and not. I'm Akina. I'm Jam. I am Connor. And <laughs> I am not stingy. Yeah, actually. <laughs> think, about, think about that. I don't think I'm stingy. No, I'm not stingy because I pay for friends sometimes when we go out if, we, if I can. Right? No, you're not stingy. Yeah, I wouldn't stingy. say you're stingy. Yeah, I'm not but stingy. But you are money. very, I would say, very good with money. You're very so good with your personal finances. That's like a both for and against the stereotype, <laughs> stereotype there because I'm good with money but not stingy. Ah, okay. And that's, that's more that's more a stereotype <laughs> for like the Chinese community. Yeah, I think more so. so. Because I don't Chinese, think it applies to the yeah. Filipino no. community. I, I've definitely 50. heard Filipinos being yeah. like, oh, Chinese people are like very stingy with their money. I've heard Filipinos yeah. say that, but yeah, I don't it's, think that's a thing with Filipinos. And my mom always says, like, oh, uh, like Chinese or Chinese Filipinos, they're all like negociantes, like they are all like all about business. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it's about. I think Chinese people just inherently they just want, I think, success. And success for the longest time is measured in like money, money obviously. Yeah. I mean, now it's a bit more to do with money and happiness it's a balance mm. um but before <laughs> definitely once i came over here for, with nothing always like what is successful is that i have a business that earns a lot of money mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's definitely we were talking about it the difference between chinese communities and filipino communities filipinos move to different countries and they get into like government jobs like uh nursing or or postal service um and they kind of find stability within that and then the chinese community i've seen come to different countries and and create businesses yeah yeah and they accumulate wealth through that um and like i kind of wish that filipinos also i mean they do have a lot of filipino businesses in different countries but not as much and i feel like you can get way more successful and way more money through business because there's only so far you can go with government jobs yeah but cool. No, with this <laughs> bloody government, am I right? <laughs> We're not going there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Today's specials are A Quiet Place, The Long Goodbye, and Rami. Uh, Jem, do you want to kick us off with your special this week? Yeah, so my special this week um, is A Quiet Place. So I've chosen this because I've watched the... So when it first came out, I watched it in the cinema and I loved it. Um, And I rewatched it again last week with my family who hadn't seen it yet. And I feel like it's perfectly fitting um, for the time that we're at now. Um, (laughs) The apocalyptic vibes. Yeah. Um, And also, since it's on Netflix right now, um, it's a good thing to watch during this lockdown period. Um, But basically... uh, the synopsis of the film is that kind of the end of the world has started um and there's these alien monster things that have come onto the earth and they kill people that make a noise so the whole film is um all pretty much silent um there's no not much uh speech in it uh because the characters all have to stay quiet otherwise the monsters are going to come and eat them and um so there, there's obviously like sound effects and stuff, just no speaking. But it is a real. It was directed and was it written by? Um, I think it was written by him as well. 
Yeah. His name again? John Jason. Krasinski. John Krakowski. Oh. Krasinski. Yeah. I was like, Krakowski? Krasinski, yeah. Him and Wazowski. his... Um, Mike Wazowski. Yeah, that's that, what I was thinking. Jim, from, Jim is Jim from The Office, guys. Yeah, him. Um, him and his wife. So him and his real life Emily Blunt. wife, Emily Blunt, um, are the husband and wife in this movie. Um, and then they have three young kids. Um, I'm not going to reveal anything of the plot, but yeah, it's a it's a really, really... I, I, I mean, remember I feel like... loving the film. For a film that didn't have any speech... Um, or very like minimal speech I was so gripped and I felt so tense throughout the whole thing because I just can't imagine really like a world where you can't speak like I <laughs> especially a, for, me, <laughs> for me I am a really firstly I'm a very chatty person like I just don't shut up like that's why I'm here on this podcast but I am also quite loud my laugh is really loud like everything about me is loud I would be the first person to die in a situation like this I think we could talk about the plot it's quite an old film at this point yeah it's been out for a few years and the second one is coming out okay yeah, cool. so spoiler alert and spoiler for the rest if of this section. What what's really interesting for me to know is whether you think there's like any kind of palpable difference between watching it in the cinema and watching it like in your own home. Because like you said, a lot of the allure in this film is that it's really quiet. And I watched it at home. Um but I kind of wish that I watched it in a cinema first because I yeah. feel like that <laughs> silence is more effective. Like yeah. with that kind of soundscape of the cinema, I would agree. I think like I was really, really happy that I watched it in the cinema first, um, because there's also something about watching uh, a scary kind of like a horror or like a thriller kind of film in the cinema because you automatically aut- automatically feel like you should be quiet because you don't want to embarrass yourself and scream in this filled cinema. Um, Austin screamed for the Invisible Man. Oh really? <laughs> <He watched> it. <laughs> my brother (laughs) um but yeah you don't want to because you're like that's embarrassing i don't want people to look at me so when i was watching in the cinema i watched it with jack and um he is quite good at keeping himself composed um i'm the opposite so we're watching this in the cinema and i'm i'm there like gripping onto my seat and gripping onto him um to try and stay quiet because also the whole premise of the film is that you have to stay quiet or you'll die and we like kind of like <laughs> had a challenge that we have to stay quiet let's try and stay quiet but i was not like i couldn't um but i think it the nice thing about it being in the cinema is that obviously it's like quite an open space and it's super loud and it, it's really mm-hmm. because of the lack of speech there's a the kind of sound effects that they use and, and the music and everything yeah it was amazing kind of it's, it's all about the powerful. sound design yeah, yeah. sound design was amazing and it was super powerful and super gripping that it was amazing to to be able to watch it in a cinema because i felt fully fully engrossed and i think that was partly the reason why i was so engrossed with it in the first place that i was just so gripped and um it after watching it oh sorry sorry at the same time do you did you have any problems with like people eating in the cinema uh because i know that was an issue when it first came out like people were complaining that they could hear like popcorn being eaten because it's such a quiet film um i didn't but we were watching in a cinema that was it wasn't full full um it also wasn't empty it was like a good like amount of people but it was quite big that I wasn't really close enough to people to hear and because again maybe I could hear it but I was so 
like engrossed in the film that I wasn't paying attention to anything else because I felt yeah. like the, with the kind of film it was I felt like I had to pay really close attention to everything and really absorb it um, yeah. because you can't rely on just like hearing words and, and, and moving along the plot by the words being used mm-hmm. um, so I felt like it was a film it's the same way I say like with Parasite because like it was all in Korean that I felt like I had to really focus in the film um, and that's what I really liked about it like I left that cinema and that was that still is like one of like the best films I think I've ever watched like I, I just absolutely loved it and it, it uh, appealed to me in, in a way that other films don't um, but yeah I just thought it was really well done and, and the plot itself as well there was a scene in it where um, she is giving birth and I mean like imagine giving birth where oh, you can't yeah, scream that was an amazing scene yeah I was full on sobbing when this was happening so I was like oh my god like she has to for, like giving birth is so I've never given birth but it looks so painful like you're getting ripped <laughs> open and you're like bleeding and also the baby cries and the baby has to cry because if the baby doesn't cry then that baby I mean, could die not good um, but yeah it was it and there were just so many parts of the film where i was just imagining and if it were to happen now like you couldn't keep quiet like even i mean this is a massive spoiler but at the very beginning of the film maybe like 10 minutes in um their youngest child died um and was like killed by mm-hmm. monsters and i was just like i couldn't help but emp- I, like i empathize quite a lot i know i just remembered yeah i i, I empathize quite a lot with like characters in films and, and TV yeah. I, I feel yeah. very like that's why I think I, I cry so heavily whenever I watch films because I really feel yeah. it and when this happened I, I firstly I didn't expect something like that to happen at the very beginning of the film and I think it was amazing to have that because it straight away grips all the viewers but also imagining if it were to happen to me ha- imagine having like seeing your son be killed and you can't scream out you can't cry out and you have to do it all in silence and also still then kind of have to move on from the situation quite quickly because you have these other kids to look after um and it's just like hey, that's idea, like your worst nightmare horrible yeah it's just like it it, it it it's just it leaves you with such like a heavy feeling um and then i started realizing that i think i'm taking I feel like I'm taking like sound for granted, like the fact that we're able Absolutely. to talk and and scream and laugh and 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 you and like emote using our voices sounds. Yeah. and sounds um, is something that I never really. We do take it for granted. Yeah. So yeah. you would recommend? <laughs> how would you rate the film? Oh my god. Okay. I I don't. How, would you, how many how many how many um, Krasinski's would you rate it? Um, well, I feel like I shouldn't give it five out of five because, like, no one should ever give, like, 100% for anything. But I would give it, like, a 4.5 out of five. Just also because, like, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't help that, like, I absolutely love the actors. Like, I love Emily Blunt and I love John. Like, I, I adore them. Like, I, I think they're good actors. I, Emily is, like, an incredible actor. And also, yeah. as Emily a couple, I absolutely love them as a couple. I think they're so cute. Their love story <laughs> is so sweet. Like, I just adore them. So, like, I love the film from that. Even if, like, the film was shit, I think I would have loved it. Um, but then the film was amazing. And then the fact that he, like, wrote it and directed it as well. I just thought, yeah, it's amazing. 4.5. <laughs> Five. Cool. <laughs> Amazing. Um, do you yeah. wanna? Am I going yep. first? Yep, it's yours. Okay. So my specials this week is Riz Ahmed's 
album and corresponding film. Uh, yeah, EP album um, and corresponding film <coughs> called The Long Goodbye. Um, Jem, have you heard anything about this? Nothing. I've not heard anything. Do you know who Riz Ahmed is? No. Well, basically, he's he's a British South Asian actor and MC, and he uh, created this EP called The Long Goodbye, which essentially is like a breakup album um, talking about all the stages of breakups, the anger, the guilt, the sadness, the bargaining, and all the stages that you go through in a breakup, except who he's breaking up with isn't person, it's his country. Oh, wow. So it talks about his experience and his relationship with the UK. Because like those feelings in a, in a breakup, that heartbreak that you feel, he was talking about, um, happens when you still love that thing or person that you're breaking up with but circumstances have made it so that you have to kind of let go of it and it's that feeling of heartbreak for a country that you feel like you belong to but don't feel like is accepting you necessarily yeah um and i think that it was such an amazing concept and it it really kind of embodied feelings that i recognize that's why it's heartbreaking because that, like, yeah like exactly you said, things are only heartbreaking you really do care for the thing that you're breaking up with mm. yeah and it's it's a brilliant album in general i would definitely recommend and and what i was talking about late earlier he also made a short film tied to it, which was gem i really think you need to watch this because um i watched it during my lunch break at work when it came out and i tried so hard not to like cry because it was so poignant and shocking and it kind of imagines a world where like groups like edl um have taken over and they can do what they want and they're able to wreak havoc on rosamed and his family and it's mm -hmm. imagining that situation and at the very end of the film he does like a spoken word piece um uh. And I revisit it ever since I, I watched that short film. I've revisited the spoken word film and like thought about each line and it, like all of it just feels so on point. There's a line that says, kidnapped by empire and diaspora fostered us. My tribe is a quest to a land that was lost to us and its name is Dignity. And he explains it in like a live YouTube uh, forecast that he did last night and he's like my tribe is in a sin where where i feel like i belong is a quest to a land that was lost to us and its name is dignity and it's like all of us the the children of diaspora where they belong is rediscovering like that dignity that was lost to like when people say you're not from here or you're not british it's refining the dignity that mm. is stripped away when people say that kind of thing um and it's just very emotional it sounds amazing um i think my one of my friends actually mentioned that he did like a live youtube thing last night yeah yeah because yeah, one of my friends mentioned um that she was gonna watch it and she was recommending us all to watch it and that's why i recognize the name but i didn't know anything about him but that sounds amazing like that whole concept of like the breaking up with your country um it makes sense of uh, like kind of like viewing it as a breakup like viewing 
yeah it makes sense because i have these thoughts all the time like when brexit happened whenever i see something happening uh, or whenever i hear someone's thoughts uh, that are kind of xenophobic or bigoted um i think like if this place doesn't want to accept me this place that i've called home that i why don't i just leave like i i feel very sometimes i feel very resigned to just leaving mm-hmm. and like finding somewhere else that i can call home um but at the same time i don't want to because it would mean that these people win and it's like a it's, it's a challenge there's that stubbornness yeah <laughs> it's a stubbornness to be like no i i do belong here actually but also i shouldn't have to deal with all this do you get that feeling too sometimes um yes and though you no. always say that you've never really yeah experienced racism yeah. up front so perhaps you yeah. don't but more it's more like i've never really viewed england um as my home i still mm. would say home is philippines um me too but i, I, I only ever accept it as my home when i'm in the states uh, mm. when I'm in somewhere that's completely different and I'm like well no because I'm British mm. you know I think I definitely have whenever I've seen like say like when Brexit happened and everything I, I, I it made me kind of lose faith and then maybe in that sense I have experienced like feeling like I want to like break up with my country but I actually feel more like I felt that way towards being Filipino um, mm. and how like the stresses of, of kind of like the expectations of me acting a certain way um and and doing certain things um isn't very filipino or is very filipino and i've always like i've discussed before like i've always hated that and then when things get really shit where i'm thinking like i i just wish i wasn't filipino i want to like end that part of my identity like i wish i i just wasn't um to make my oh, life that's like, a, a lot very easier. that's a very personal stance to to this idea of wanting to break up with a country but this is his whole purpose of making this album because he was saying that he didn't make it for anyone but himself but mm-hmm. it's ignited so many people's thoughts about their relationship with their home country or mm. the places they call home and it's really it's really opening because even like um, places like Russia and Spain and it's like it's not really about like your country's racist towards you it's like this whole sense of your country has this weird nationalistic mm, vibe going yeah. on right now mm-hmm. and it's very and it feels like they want to just be pure whatever whatever that's supposed to mean and yeah. yeah exclude from that what it makes me think is, is i know that we're right now dealing with the global health crisis um but like what it makes me think is is where we're gonna be at at the end of this will it make us feel more united in tackling like a common enemy um something that's bigger than us and and our racial identities or will it like we're seeing a lot in the states actually divide us more and make us want to find a scapegoat with trump calling it the chinese virus um is it gonna ignite togetherness or go against it that's what i wonder right connor what was Uh, your special oh yeah so my recommendation for this episode is a TV show um, 
it's a Hulu made show. I'm not sure how to get it here. I think you can get it on Amazon. Yeah, I think you get it on Amazon it. Prime, yeah. I don't know what channel. But it's called Rummy. R-A-M-Y. And it is about a, like, Muslim-American guy, Egyptian-American guy living in New Jersey, New York area, just kind of going about life. And it's very reminiscent of Atlanta, like Donald Glover's show, how it's just, it's just like, it's just everyday situations, but it's also very funny, but it also has a lot of drama to it and a lot of gravitas. Um, and even though I'm not Muslim and neither is Kina, we both connect with it. I think just the out of placeness and because he's kind of like a millennial, like he worked in the startup mm. and his parents are always on his back and um, he's kind of just navigating this young, young, this young adult life as a Muslim as Egyptian but in New York where it's supposed to be diverse but he's there's a lot of like low-key stuff happening in hate wise and mm. um it's just a really well done series and what I love about it because I obviously also watch it too is just the uh how he balances things in his identity and it's things we talk about all the time on this podcast and it's like him wanting to be a good Muslim but also being young and in a big city and also wanting to do all the things that young people do um and i thought while i was watching it that there's a lot that um i identified with even if i'm not muslim like that episode where um rami's sister uh is struggling with her parents not allowing her to have sex um but her wanting to have sex and and the fear that she gets in her body when when she actually tries to have sex and the guilt that she feel that yeah. she feels so um, there's like a weird flashback with her grandma saying that she didn't travel all the way from egypt just so she could have sex <laughs> yeah there's it, like a it? dream sequence yeah, it's a really where, funny scene. yeah. <laughs> but it's it's very good and i would definitely recommend it to you gem and everyone else who might be listening to this yeah and especially because you know a lot of people like picture muslims as this super scary like bearded mm-hmm. bearded yeah. man with like yeah, beady, yeah. beady eyes and sharp teeth kind of like <laughs> sharp teeth. <laughs> yeah and like and like a lot of like like you know women hating whatever but if you watch you just realize that it's just a religion the same as christianity man just exactly. yeah and they're yeah. facing all of the same issues yeah. that we also and face and people with different like there's not different People yeah. And yeah, it's it's a really yeah. It's a really good show. And it's made about A twenty four, which is our favorite production company. Do, yeah. Yeah, for sure. How would you rate the show? Um I think it is up there with Atlanta, to be honest. I think because for it was a very strong first season. Mm-hmm. Like so far there wasn't like a dead episode or anything. Um I think it's like a ten episode run to have like an hour. What is she? Maybe half an hour each. They're like half hour episodes. Yeah, they're short. Like you can consume it really quickly. They're really short and really concise. Um, and the writing's just, just it's just such the sharp. The writing sharp feels writing. very natural. Yeah, it's not no heightened language. There's no like um, set up punchline type jokes. All the comedy just comes from you know instances mm-hmm. that will happen in real life, and you're like, oh yeah. Um, I would I'll give it a rating of high <laughs> high yes i would agree because i don't really know how to we haven't finished the series yet we've still got a few episodes left yeah. but I, if i think 
if anyone is trying to look for something to watch right now, I would suggest Rami. It's just an easy watch, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you can be invested in characters and stuff. Cool, I'll put that on my list. It's also teaching me a lot about Islam. Oh, yeah, it's all Islam. Islam, yeah, a lot. And I realize, like, many things. There's just so many gaps in my knowledge. And it's a good sure. thing for everyone right now to, like, open themselves up to new things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think we're good. <laughs> Um, for our specials episode this week. Thank you so much for everyone. Thank you for our sponsors. Listening. Our sponsors. <laughs> I, I wish. Jem, <laughs> uh, where can they find us? I did it last time. <laughs> um, on Instagram at Rice is Rice Pod. On Twitter at Rice is Rice underscore pod. On YouTube, Rice is Rice. Um, and you can also listen to us on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts on Google Podcasts and all the other good podcasting sites. We're out every single Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> really? Are we actually? Webster. Wait, are we? What? iHeartRadio? No, it's we're not. iHeartRadio. Really? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I did not. Okay. Well, you can listen to us there too. So yeah, every single Wednesday, um, we have a new podcast coming out for you. And yeah, listen in. So thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Bye. Don't forget to get some rice in your life.